A blessed morning to all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Today, we are going to continue our journey through the book of James. I'd like also to welcome all our uh, graduating students from Hope Christian High School. We're glad that you can join us today. And of course, our beloved teachers and administrators in Hope who have been working tirelessly uh, to help these students form themselves uh, not only educa- in the educational field, but also in the spiritual level as well. First of all, let us be clear, no? when James said, I do not want all of you to be teachers, he's not talking to you, hope teachers, ha? Baka after today, mawalang ang teachers ang hope, awayin ako ni Atsi Loris, tsaka ni Principal. No, please don't take this as a calling from God na aalis ka na ng hope, no. But I do hope that it will that this passage will serve as a warning for those among us who use our tongues to teach, to preach, to speak to many people, a warning to us to be careful with it. No, last week we have heard the news that our 100-year-old Manila Post Office, one of this city's historical landmarks caught a massive fire. You know, the reporters said that the fire started in the basement storage. And so, since Kulob, the heat and energy accumulated, with which eventually burned down the whole building. They said the whole building was burned. The fire was so massive that it took our firefighters lampas 24 hours, over almost 30 hours now to declare fire out. Almost 30 hours. And the estimated cost, estimate pa lang to, ha, of the destruction is around... 300 million pesos. Grabe, ang mahal. The, this includes valuable paintings, commemorative stamps, personal parcels, and national identity cards. Sino dito nakuha niyo na national identity cards niyo? Good for you. That means malamang hindi nasunog yun sa inyo. For those among you who haven't gotten yours, you know what to expect. You know what caused this massive and costly destruction? What was the cost? Actually, we don't know for sure. I was still looking at the news. Wala pa. There's no findings. But was it caused by a bomb? Probably not. Was it caused by a fire from heaven? Definitely not. The fire was probably caused by something small. Either maybe a faulty or an old electrical wiring that caused a tiny spark and then grew into a big fire. Or maybe just a cigarette butt. Alam mo sa Pilipinas, maraming ganun eh, no? That was not put out properly. Hindi ko alam kung pwede yun sa post office, but maybe, maybe. Or maybe even a combustible item that was not handled correctly. There are still no official reports yet of what the cause of the fire, but we can safely assume that what caused this destruction this massive destruction was pro- probably started out as a small fire. Hindi malaki. You know, many times we underestimate small things and take them for granted. We tend to think, ay, maliit lang yan. And small things are powerless to make a big impact. Too little to be too consequential. And so, we seldom keep them in check. Hindi until it's too late. And one of, all the, one of all the small things that many of us seldom keep in check is our tongues. Mga dila natin. And yet, 
James, the brother of Jesus, one of the first pastors of the early church, warns us to never underestimate our tongues. Why does James warn the church about the tongue? Because even though it seems so small and insignificant, he sees that it has great power. Even with its small stature, it can control the whole body. He compares the tongue to a bit. Alamayan bit, which is put in the mouth of a horse as part of its bridle. Kaya madalas maglaway ang mga kabayo kasi laging nandun yun sa bibig nila. It's put there so that the rider can control the direction of the horse. Such a small thing put in its mouth and it can control the beast. And he also compares the tongue to a rudder of the ship. Alam mo yun sa likod ng ship, the one you know, going left and right? He explains, James explains that no matter how, a big, how big a ship is and how strong the winds that power the ship, yun yung small rudder, the small rudder is the one that controls where the ship would go. How can something so small be so powerful? And that goes the same with our tongues. Our tongues as well, even though it is small, it is extremely powerful. It can control a person. It can control a people. It can control a whole nation with the words that it produces. Just as a forest or a building can be set ablaze by a small fire, the tongue with its power can also cause immense destruction. Our tongues are small. Small but terrible. Terribly powerful and capable of awfully terrifying things. And James wants the church in his, warns the church in his very short epistle to not let their tongues cause destruction. At the gist of his message here is he's telling you, be careful. Do not let your tongue cause destruction to yourself and to others. How can our tongues be so terrifying? And how do we keep it in check? Let us continue to learn from James. If you have your Bibles with you, please keep them open with me. To James chapter 3. Wala, wala akong nakikitang nagtuturn ng Bible sila. You can use your phones as well. I want you to turn it to James chapter 3. Many of the verses from this chapter I will not be putting on my uh, PowerPoint because I want you to read it yourself either in your electronic or physical Bible. So open your Bibles to James chapter 3 and let us continue to learn to what James has to teach us about our very untamable and destructive tongues. You know, the trouble with our tongues, first of all, is how untamable it is. Untamable. Hindi matrain. Cannot control. You know, the funny thing is, even though it is part of our bodies, it seems to have a life of its own. You know, I know our bodies consist of voluntary muscles and involuntary muscles. Natutunan ko yan kay Mamoros sa Hope Christian High School. You know? And, uh... Voluntary muscles are the one that we can consciously control. And involuntary muscles are the ones we don't consciously control like many of our internal organs. Ano kaya yung tang? Voluntary or involuntary muscle? Students? It's a voluntary muscle. Good job. Okay, kung sino man yung sumagot. Okay? 
The tongue is considered a voluntary muscle and yet many times it seems to function involuntary. What do I mean? Okay, how, what do I mean by this? How many times, let me ask all of you, how many times have we lost control of our tongues? How many times have we blurted out something that we are not supposed to say? How many times? How many times have we uttered a bad word or a hurtful word without even meaning it? Alam mo yun, nasaktan ka lang, napamura ka na. How many times? How many times have we regretted the words that came out of our mouth? Kakasabi pa lang natin, na-feel na natin, ay, shucks, dapat hindi ko sinabi yun. How many times have we used our tongues to lie to our teachers, to our parents, to our children, even though we know it's wrong? I'm sure all of us, for all of us, countless of times already, Hindi na natin mabilang. So many times we have done it. You know, pets and animals can be tamed easier as compared to our tongues. We teach our pets where to pee. We teach them where to poop in the house. We can teach them to roll over and do all sorts of tricks. Even sea creatures and wild animals can be tamed, sabi nga ni James. As James pointed out in verse 7 to 8, look at your Bibles. It's not in the PowerPoint. Sabi niya in verse 7 to 8, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. The tongue. In fact, many times it seems that our tongues move faster than our brains. Na-feel niyo ba yun? <laughs> Before our brains can even think of something, our tongues have already said it, have already blurted it out. Today, we call this, uh, we have this term called verbal diarrhea. Narinig niyo ba yun? Verbal diarrhea? Okay? Sino madras may verbal diarrhea dito? Okay? Wala nga amin. Verbal diarrhea is where a person seems to just talk and talk sometimes about inappropriate things without even thinking. Parang LBM lang. Di mapigilan at nagkakalat ng lagim. <laughs> you know, not only is the tongue untamable or uncontrollable, but James also pointed out that it can be potentially very destructive. A very bad combination. Hindi na nga control destructive pa. Look at your Bibles. Sabi in verse 5 to 6, sabi niya, How a great forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Nakatakot yun, no? Hellfire. You know, our tongues are compared to an uncontrollable fire. And we all know fire can hurt, fire can destroy, fire can take a life. And so does our tongues. How many times have we made people cry with just our words? How many of our relationships have been destroyed because of something that we said? I'm sure all of us can recall a few incidences of, in our lives that that happened. 
I hope that none of us here have caused someone to take their life or someone else's life because our words provoked them too. I hope not. And yet, we all know that that is not impossible. Brothers and sisters, through the untamable and destructive nature of our tongues, we can never deny who we all are. Through the destructive nature of our tongues and its untamable, we cannot deny that we are all sinners. You know, James does not deny that we are all imperfect people, nor is he teaching that we can live perfect lives. No. But James wants to point out, point out to us that our tongues are the evidence that we are all sinners who need to be redeemed and transformed. Our tongues makes it impossible for us to deny our sinful nature and our wretched state. Tama ba? If somebody tells you you are a sinner, you cannot deny. Sabihin pa lang nila, ikakasabi mo lang nito or nito nung isang araw eh. In fact, let me tell you the words of it. James described the metaphorical flame that our tongues produce as coming from hell. From hell pa. Not just an ordinary fire, it's hell fire. That means it came from the enemy. That means through our tongues, Satan can use us. You know, on January 30, 1939, one of the most powerful speeches in history was uttered by a single man. It brought about the cheers and applause of its recipients. It empowered them and it strengthened them to take action. Wow, napakaganda, take action. He spoke like a prophet from God and gave his people the authority and the power to level up their game. To level up from persecution to execution. To justify the murder of Jews, Adolf Hitler charismatically and effectively used his tongue to convince his people, even Christians, even church, even pastors, that to murder Jews was the right thing to do. Can you imagine that? And with that use of tongue, six million European Jews was murdered on what we all know as the Holocaust. Sinful and wretched. That is what we are, as evidenced by the use of our tongues. Small but terrible, untamable and destructive. Through our tongues, we can never deny that we are sinners, deserving citizens of hell. As Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 15, verse 18 to 19, he says, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Mga kapatid, let us not underestimate our tongues. It is untamable and destructive. It is the proof that we are all sinners, sinful to the very core, in need of redemption, in need of transformation. Therefore, let us heed James' warning, and let us be careful not to let our tongues cause destruction to us 
and to others. Now, knowing how untamable and destructive our tongues can be and how obvious our sinful nature is, how come many of us are still caught unaware of its evil devices and fall victim to it? Alam naman natin na eh, hindi natin makontrol. We know how destructive it is, but how come we are always caught unaware by it? The reason for this is that our tongues can be deceitful and hypocritical. Look at their Bibles. In verse 8 to 10, sabi niya, it is, the tongue is a restless evil, full of deadly, what? Check ko kung nakabukas Bible niyo. Full of deadly, poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. You see how deceitful our mouth can be? The tongue can display piety, but actually spits out poison. You know, we use our tongues in church to sing praises to God and pray lovely prayers. But at home, we use it to shout to our children, to our spouses. At work, we use it to spread gossip, maybe to manipulate people. At school, we use it to bully our classmates. You know, as Christians, many of us are guilty of this. Our actions are not the only thing that can be inconsistent with our faith, as was discussed last week. But our speech, speech, our words contradicts our faith more times than our action does. And let me tell you, this is simply unacceptable for a follower of Christ. According to James, in verse 11 to 12, look at your Bible. Does the spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Pwede ba manggaling from one fountain, fresh and salt water? And panood ko nga sa Discovery Channel, eh, dalawang ocean hindi pwede magsama kahit magtatabi na. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or produce grapevine, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Hindi pwede yung ganun. That in church, we praise God and outside, we destroy the people of God with our words. And oftentimes, ha, how do we do it? We use humor, di ba? Pajoke lang. We often use humor to disguise our crudeness or slander. We say, after natin, after we say something bad about a person, we say, atas tayo, we say, joke lang, huwag kapikon. Tama ba? You know, but the scripture warns us in Proverbs 26, verse 18 to 19, like a madman who throws arrows, uh, who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. You know, we have this saying, jokes are half meant. Jokes are half meant, which tells us that even if a word was meant as a joke, loaded pa rin yan. May laman yan. Masakit pa rin yan. 
You know, and many times we might think, you know, these kinds of words are careless words, are harmless, but we don't know. Uh, what we don't know are how many brothers and sisters in the faith do we stumble through our inconsistent talk. Many young Christians might think that it's okay to make fun of people. Eh, lagi namang ginagawa ni pastor yan eh. Lagi niyang inaasar classmate namin. They would think there is nothing wrong with using bad language. Eh, nagmumura naman yung life group leader namin eh, paminsan-minsan. So, pwede rin, paminsan-minsan. Or, our children might say, oh, it's okay to tell a lie. My dad, who is a leader in church, sometimes lie to us to get us to do the things that we need to do. Or maybe, ah, Okay lang may ga- mag-gossip. Eh si mami, dami ko kwento about others during prayer meeting eh. No, let us heed the warning of Jesus. In Luke 17 verse 2, sabi niya, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast down in the sea that then that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Our tongues can cause other people to sin as well. You know, another way our tongues can deceive us is when our tongues boast of wisdom, but is actually full of worldliness. You know, what am I saying? You know, in our world, the people who are able to effectively use words to communicate are highly regarded. Speakers, Teachers, preachers are usually praised for their ability to communicate clearly and powerfully. And so, most of the time, we mistake the use of our tongues as a sign of wisdom. Kung magaling ka magsalita or marami kang salita, matalino ka. But James also warns us against this. Look at your Bibles in verse 13 to 15. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast or be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and look at your Bibles, you will be shocked. Earthly, spiritual, and demonic. Demonic. You know, growing up, I'm always confused on how adults treat young kids and teenagers differently. You know, when the kids are young, natututo pa lang magsalita, and they learn to answer back to their parents, some adults will say, ang talino naman yung batang yan. This kid is so smart, he knows how to think for himself. But when the kid grows old and answers back to their parents, they will say, ano ba naman yung batang yan? Bastos? disrespectful. No, that's why until now, until now, I'm not so sure if being called philosopho is a good thing or a bad thing. You know, the use of tongue is regarded by many as an evidence of wisdom. But, the Bible teaches us that the true wisdom is not evidenced by speech, especially destructive and slanderous ones. But no, James exposes it as worldliness. These are worldliness. Instead, James teaches us what true wisdom produces. Look at your Bibles in verse 17. He says, But the wisdom from above is first 
pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Nothing there that tells that true wisdom shows by how we talk. No. It's gentle. It's peaceable. It's full of mercy, good fruits, sincere. People with true wisdom knows how to hold their tongue and use their tongue with gentleness, reason, and truth to build another person up and promote peace. Actually, you know, Paul teaches the same thing in the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians 4 verse 29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. True wisdom is not, does not produce words that destroy people. It produces words that builds up people. And if any of you lack wisdom, if you want wisdom, don't try to attain it through your tongue. True wisdom comes from God and He offers it to those who genuinely ask for it. In James 1 verse 5, sabi niya, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. What is he telling us here? He's telling us that true wisdom does not come from the eloquence of speech, but it comes from the genuineness of our faith through prayer. Graduates of Hope Christian High School, do you want to be man and woman of wisdom? Ask from God. And he who seeks earnestly and sincerely, God will give it to you. Don't attain it with your mouth. Alam ko sa college, kailangan pabibo. No? In terms of your studies, pabibo ka. Okay lang. Pero with your barkada, don't let your mouth go ahead of you just to make yourself look cool and just to make yourself look na matalino. Instead, keep your mouth in control. That's what true wisdom is. And ask it from God. Brothers and sisters, let us be careful of our tongues for it can be deceitful and hypocritical. We might think we're not doing damage, but let me tell you, we are. It can display piety, but actually spits out poison. It can disguise itself as wisdom, but actually it is full of worldliness. So, UECP, let not our tongues cause destruction both to us and to others. Let us be vigilant in keeping our tongues in check. And so the next question is, what now? We now understand how untamable, destructive, deceitful our tongues can be. So, what can we do to stop it? If the tongue is truly untamable, kung talaga hindi mo matame ang tongue, then that means there is really no hope for it. In Chinese, we say, bokyulo. There's no saving the tongue. Tama ba? So what do we do? Actually, James provides an answer in the next chapter. Since next chapter, now I'm gonna flash it there. James 4, verse 7 to 8, he says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. 
What is James saying here? James is saying that the solution to our untamable and troublesome tongues is not by our own effort, but by drawing near to God, humbling ourselves before Him, and submitting our lives to Him. And when we do so, we are cleansed and our hearts purified. How does God do that? How does God transform us? By giving us His only Son, our Lord Jesus, to redeem our lives and to transform our tongues. Why is Jesus the only solution to our untamable, destructive, and deceitful tongues? Bakit si Jesus lang? Bakit? Because let me tell you, no one has tamed the tongue except for one man. There's only one who has tamed the tongue. And by doing so, He is able to redeem us and transform our tongues as well. And that person is Jesus Christ. Let me read to you what Isaiah said of our Lord, of our Savior, of what our Savior has done for us. Isaiah 53, verse 6 to 7 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet, what? What? He opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears are silent, so what? He opened not his mouth. Verse 9 to 10, it says, And they made his grave with the wicked, with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. Whose guilt? Our guilt. The guilt that our sinful tongue produces. Brothers and sisters, there's only one who has held his tongue. There is no deceit in his mouth, and yet he was punished for the sins of our mouths. He held his tongue even in suffering. He did not open his mouth. Nasasaktan na siya, masakit. And yet he did not open his mouth. Why? Why didn't Jesus open his mouth? Because by doing so, he is saving all of us from the consequences of our sinful tongues. And by not opening his mouth, he is giving us new life when he died on the cross for our sins. A life that is redeemed and a tongue that is transformed. For the scripture says, mga hope, kailangan memorize yun na to bago kayo grumaduate. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, bago nyo i-flash? Ay, naka-flash na. Everybody reads it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you know why you have new life? Because Jesus has no deceit in his mouth. And when he was led to the slaughter, he kept his mouth closed that He might die for us to redeem our sinful lives and to transform our untamable tongue. The solution, therefore, 
to our untamable and destructive tongues is by drawing near to Jesus, putting our faith in Him, and letting His life transform our lives, including our tongues. You know, when we make Jesus Lord of our lives, He will transform our tongues from being deceiving to, be, to becoming life-giving, from being a tool of destruction to becoming a tool for salvation. You know, one of my professors who is an expert in chiastic structure, hindi ko na-explain yun, chiastic structure in the Bible, believes that this issue with tongues is the main thrust of James. Bakit tinasabi yun? Kasi he, James put it right smack in the middle of his letter. And in fact, you know, all over his letter, James gives us many ways of how to properly use our tongues as, re- as a redeemed people of God. I'm putting all these verses about the tongues in James in my PowerPoint. Next slide. I want you to take a picture of it so you can look at it on your own or discuss it with your life group. And Damian, lots of James about the tongue. It tells us what to do or not to do with our tongues. From chapter 1 to chapter 5, whole book of James. The reason why I put this there, and I don't discuss it because I don't have the time. Two minutes na lang ako. I don't have the time today to discuss all of it. So take a picture of this slide and see how you can apply them in your lives. How God wants you to use your tongue. Instead, I want to end my sermon by telling you another news that caught my attention this week. Not only did it catch my attention, but it made me emotional when I heard it. One of my heroes in the pastoral ministry died this week. His name is Pastor Timothy Keller. We all know, many people know him as Tim Keller. He is a pastor of a church in New York City, which is one of the most liberal, liberal cities in the world. Many people in New York reject Christianity and are hostile to the values that Christianity represents. But Pastor Tim Keller is beloved by many people in New York, both Christian and non-Christian. Why? Because he never used his tongue to attack others, even those of different beliefs from him. No. Instead, he engages them with the gospel by finding some similarities with their positive values and telling them why Jesus is the epitome of all that is good. I just want to put it simply. Pastor Tim Keller used his tongue through his preaching to help me and many others fall in love with Jesus more and more. Every time I listen to him, somehow I find a new delight in my Savior, my beautiful Savior. If you haven't listened to any of his sermons, you should. You can find it in YouTube. Brothers and sisters, that is what I want to do with my tongue as well. To use my tongue to help each one of you and even others see how wonderful, how beautiful my Savior is. And I want to use my tongue to help you and others fall in love with Jesus more and more. I hope that after today, that will be your desire as well. To the students of hope going to your respective colleges, 
to our members who go to their school, to their homes, everywhere. I hope that you will use your tongues to help Jesus, to help others fall in love with our beautiful Savior. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we give thanks. We give thanks for today. We thank you for our tongues that you have blessed us with so that we can communicate, we can express our grief, we can express ourselves. But Father, forgive us for the many times we have misused it for our own gain, to feed our desires, to feed our worldliness. Father, forgive us and use our tongue to destroy others rather than to build them up. Forgive us, Lord. And Lord, we submit ourselves and our tongues to our Lord Jesus, who even in the midst of suffering kept his mouth silent so that he might die for us and he might live to give us new life. Father, therefore, we pray and we dedicate our tongues to you. Use it for your kingdom. Use it for your glory. And through our tongues, I pray, many will fall in love with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our prayer in his name. Amen and amen. Our response to this message, may let us sing, may the words of my heart, in the meditation of 